Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio, featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 All-Star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, Power Athlete Nation. Welcome to another episode of the premier podcast of Strength Conditioning, where we melt faces, destroy souls, and answer some dope questions. Destroy souls? Yeah, we just rip them straight out and tear them in half, just like that old uh, Soul Reaver game. I don't, was that for regular Nintendo? I don't remember that one. You don't remember Grandma's Boy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember where she goes and kills those dirty meth heads, and then she's like ripping their souls out. So, no, but there was a game called Soul Reaver where you used to be able to rip souls out. So, that's oh. what I always think about Power Out the Radio. We melt faces, we rip out souls, we I hopefully we were don't. saving people, oh. not just destroying them. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe we have a different perspective on this thing. But what we do have and what's got a dope perspective is we have this thing called the hotline. That's right. So Power Athlete Radio has a hotline. We've asked you, the audience, to call and leave us questions so we have uh, things to answer. So if you have a question, we have answers. And you can reach that hotline at 929-464-4640. 929-ing-ing-0. So that's the hotline. It's always open. It's always hot. And we are ready. So, Mr. McQuilkin. Do we have a question? We received a text message. Ooh, I like this text is messages. a mouthful, so I understand why they texted it versus calling it in. Mm, mm, I'm in. All right, ready? Let's do it. This is a fun one. All right, here we go. <clears throat> you should like do it like an English voice, being like, "Oh, hello, I'm Harry Heptonstool. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm Basil Forty. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll work on that. I want to destroy or I don't want to lose any listeners here, John. But here's the text. As far as baselines go, are there certain body weight multipliers we should be striving for with regards to strength work? For example, random multipliers input, squat, two times body weight for X amount of reps, deadlift, 2.5 times body weight for set number of reps, bench 1.5, press 1, etc. Same for any sprinting or running or assault bike work, any benchmarks or baselines we should be striving for to time or hit calorie wise. I'm six foot, 170 pounds on hammer. Should I be hitting a 40 second, 300 meter, a 12 minute, two mile, all while deadlifting two X body weight for 10 reps, hitting 20 pull-ups and benching body weight for 20 reps. Just, just curious. That's how we all stack up with where power athletes thinks we should for our respective body weight. Well, at six foot one seventy five, he probably needs to put a little weight on. One seventy, don't give him yeah, that five. Nah, John. he's, he's, a, he's a little th- he's a little thin. Uh, yeah, I, I think that there's some benchmarks that we definitely want to hit. He brushed on a few. One, I always think that the two times body weight back squat is a great marker for us, you know, improvement and success. For one, uh, yeah, if you can okay. hit, if you can hit double body weight on your back squat for a single, you're usually headed in the right direction. You've done a pretty high volume of training. And that's just not something you just happen to walk in one day and bust out. So you can huh, shoot for unless that. unless you're Derek, <laughs> Derek Woodski, unless you, yeah, unless you're Derek Woodski uh, for deadlift. Uh, he talked about two and a half times body weight. I'm more interested in a double body weight deadlift for five reps. OK, if you can pull double body weight for five, you're usually in pretty good shape. Um, I like I say 10 plus dead hang pull ups. He was shooting for 20, but 10, 10 legit top to bottom dead hang pull ups is pretty good. Um, I would say for a, he, he threw out there a 300 yard, I would say a 400 meter sprint sub 60 seconds is pretty damn good. Oh, fuck. 
That's if I mean believable. If you're a runner and you're pretty fast, uh, sixty seconds is pretty good. I think my best when we ran that time mile was I ran like a I think like a one twenty. Uh, I ran like an eighty second four hundred meters, and I thought I was smoking. So, um, but I also you know ran sub five flat. So I was going to go with a forty yard sprint, forty yard dash, sub five seconds. Really around four eight would be pretty good. Um, I think a sub 20 minute 5k would be pretty solid. Yeah, uh, I can go with that. Um, and I think that you should be able to bench 225 more than 15 times. So ideally 20, but I'll go with 15. Yeah. Um, so if you can, you know, you, you have to be able to bench your body weight for, you know, fairly amount of, you know, decent amount of reps too. Can he, I'd, I'd be curious what is bench press six foot. I mean, how long are this dude's arms at 170? Uh, I bet you he's not doing 225 20 times. Oh, I guarantee it. Even Luke and I struggled there. Yeah. The but 1.5 times for 10 reps. It's uh, for bench press. Yeah, I mean if you did one and a half times body weight bench press for 10, that's a pretty that's a pretty solid bench. Um the other one too when we talked about conditioning, I mean if if you jump on the internet, man, there's some really superheroes doing some like crazy assault bike workouts like 50 calories in like 17 seconds. Uh, I would definitely say that those are more outliers. Uh, the workout that I put together, which I think is a great benchmark for anybody, is uh, sub five minutes, 50 cals on either the echo or the assault, and a 500-meter row, including the transitions. So you set a five-minute five, five minute countdown. You start with 50 calories. You jump off, and you bang out a 500-meter uh, row. Yeah, I like that one. As long as you're sub five-minute, I mean, we've seen people do it in three. We've seen people do it in in four, four and a half and uh, sub five minutes on there, you're usually headed in the right direction. We got some lat testing we've done uh, pretty extensively with all of our block one coaches that have come through for for that for years. So we have, we've aggregated all those numbers too. But I think for the most part uh, in that conditioning cycle, if you can hit that 50 cals, 500 meter row, sub five minutes, you're usually trucking in the right direction. Now, how do we test this? What's the best way? Is this all one fun weekend? Uh, no, I think I, I think you got to periodically challenge yourself. Like if you're falling hammer, for example, uh, you're going to hit some rep maxes. We're going to definitely work up to some singles on the on the back squat if you're falling because we do work through a power athlete template. So we're going to hit you know fives for rep maxes. We're going to hit triples for rep maxes and singles for rep maxes. Then we're going to come back and do our compensatory acceleration work. Uh, you're definitely going to be out there sprinting 400 meter runs. I'll use a lot of 300s for our easy effort runs, but when it comes to our smokers, we're going to come a little bit faster. And then uh, we always end up with at least one 5K in each cycle. Uh, we do hit our bench. We do we do hit a ton of overhead pressing. I found that the greatest accessory work for my bench press was actually the close grip overhead press. And um, you know, uh, you know, really coming in and benching heavy one day a week, hitting a ton of dumbbells, and then doing a lot of overhead work actually drove my bench a lot better than benching three days a week, or even two days a week. Um, uh, I think we're you know we do a ton of dynamic pulling, so I'm uh, I'm a little more focused on that double body weight for five more so than two and a half times, and we do a ton of dead hangs. So well, and we've seen some ugly ones, so it's almost in line with set our people up. Where deadlift is a beauty contest yeah. for two versus the two one ugly for just marking a number at two point five yeah. times. No, but I mean, so here here's an interesting thing. Like as people become more proficient, you get more opportunities, more reps underneath the bar. 
the idea that the technique that you used before, maybe the shitty technique, no longer suffices. Like as you get stronger, the technique has to improve uh, because the only way you're going to handle heavy weight is with good technique. I mean, when you watch people squat or even lift or, uh, you know, really do anything, think about snatch, clean and jerk in the Olympics. The people that are really lifting the heavy tonnages are all doing it extremely well. Like I've never seen anybody squat a thousand pounds ugly because if you do, you end up shattering your back in half. So you have to, at some point, adhere to what the most efficient way is. And a lot of times the, uh, the most efficient way and the most protective way and the way you're going to get out of this thing alive is with the best technique. So I always think, too, it's usually easier to perfect your technique when you're not as strong, because what happens is once people get strong, they get a little more set in their ways. Well, this is the way well, I've always yep. done it. So and, and, and then what happens is, and we, we deal with this all the time, people get real strong or they get strong. The technique's bad. They get hurt. And then all of a sudden they're like upset at the program. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, they're working with Xanis for six, eight weeks trying to fix all these issues where if they just adhered to the to the movements and understood what was asked to them and tried to perfect it, like you talked about this beauty contest, then all of a sudden, once you mastered that, once you started layering on more strength, all of a sudden now it looks pretty damn good. And we had the world's. I mean, we had so many people across the world fall into the trap of the power clean mm. on the bedrock program because they were introduced to Olympic weightlifting through CrossFit for the first time where they were already strong. Sure. Then they had to learn this very technical movement, but they were just strong enough to hit 225 and then never get any more weight on there. Sure. Uh, so that'd be an example of you were just too strong for your own good to focus on. But unless... Yeah, I mean, you didn't get wrapped up in that number. Yeah, I mean, a big part of like mastery, and I I think about this, and um, you know, as it relates to many things, but a lot of thing, uh, a, a lot of people that you'll look at that have really attained a high level of mastery have like a level of, I guess you could say, like removing the ego and like a humble deal where like, hey, um, I'm not good at this, or I need to be better. And you humble yourself to like take a step back. I think when you become so set in your ways or so kind of ego driven that a lot of times you put yourself in a bad position. So instead of just piling on more weight and just saying, fuck it, you know, it's, you know, I'll get it live. I'll figure it out. There's a definite real way to master the movement and do it, you know, with eye pleasing technique. And when somebody sees it, like, wow, you've taken the time that it takes to master this movement. Mm -hmm. And the, the area code from this caller is Corpus Christi, so I want to speak directly to him. Although John is providing some direction for you to test where you currently stand, so your training as it is today, this is not a representation of who you are, but then the next time these opportunities to test these movements comes up, ensure that you're simply testing who you are today as to who you were, not the other leaderboard scores, or anyone else testing out there. So Corpus Christi just improving and being a better version of yourself as you progress. That's what you can strive for. Well, the other one too, um, and I think where Power Athlete differentiates ourselves in the market, is that the people that are following our programs are doing so for something greater than just aesthetics. And I'm sure there are people on here that train for aesthetics and are like, hey, I just want to look like a fucking power athlete. I want to be jacked. I want to be in good shape. And there's a ton of people on Jack Street that are there. There's also a lot of people on things like Hammer and Field Strong and the other programs that are using this training as a vehicle for either their work or their job or their sport. They're trying to become the best in the world at what they want to do. 
And I think that's where our programming really shines. So a lot of times I really shy away from putting benchmarks out there, especially on something like Hammer, because the results that I want are more real world. I want people to be like, hey, I followed this training. Now I was able to get out of harm's way. I was able to, you know, warfighter, door kicker, whatever it is. And I like hearing the practical use and the practical application. Um, I remember years ago, I got an email from a guy who uh, was like a woodland firefighter. And the training allowed him to fight longer because he wasn't using as much oxygen. So he found that as his like, you know, fitness and his strength and everything went through the roof. He could last like, you know, one and a half times longer than he could before based on his oxygen consumption because of being more physically fit, which allowed him to do his job longer and do better. And I always think like those real world applications, when people see these, hey, I did the training and now I was able to get out of harm's way or do something better or help somebody or be more successful in my job. Those are the those are the feathers that I put in my cap a lot more than like, oh, my God, hey, I got a two times body weight back squat. Great. That's uh, that's an awesome thing. And I'm stoked for you. But at the end of the day, how are you using the training? And that's the stuff I get excited about. I, I couldn't search this quick enough to find it, but where you say get out of harm's way, one of our power athlete methodology students and the dude came to the symposium, the last symposium that we had and his story of getting out of harm's way. This dude is a father and owns his own farm and freaking got back down by one of his, his, his cows on the property, but was able to save his own life based off the, the, the strength. And he, he called tent like, you refer to in the course tensile strength. Yeah. He referenced it as the representation that he had when he saved his own life. I couldn't, I can't find the story here, man. I, I wish I had more time, but uh, yeah, no, I, I never knew if uh, tensile strength was the right term because you think about tensile strength as relates to steel, how, like how strong steel is. And uh, you know, I go back to the age old uh, samurai sword uh, metaphor, the idea of heating the steel, pounding it, cooling it, heating it, pounding it, and folding the steel, which is how I view training. It's like this quote that I dropped years ago about moving dirt. But really, uh, that's a great analogy for just training. But the effect of what happens with training is the is the same as the samurai sword. You heat the steel, you pound it into shape, and then you cool it and you quench it. And you kind of let that happen. You put it back in the heat. And you go back and forth on uh, on um, you know heating the steel, pounding it, letting it cool. And uh, I think that analogy is probably the best one that I've heard for training. So if somebody wants to implement these tests and approach, are they, should they just follow hammer and they'll appear? Yes. What if they're on any of the other training programs or are they Uh, coming up with their own? Yeah. I mean, if you're on hammer, you're going to get tested on all this stuff. We're going to hit one RMs on all this. We're going to hit rep maxes and uh, fives and triples and singles. We're going to work on our jumps. So I try to, uh, program a bunch of jump testing we were going to hit our sprints we're going to hit our 5ks we're going to hit our one mile repeats and there is a ton of testing each week now i'm not expecting every week for you to pr i'm not expecting you to burn it to the ground but there's periodically points when i say hey i need you to go out and need max intensity i want you to burn it to the ground burn the ships leave them you know kick the doors off the hinges and let me see what you got on this one and then uh, what we should do, and I, I, I do this personally, like I'll go at the, at look at the leaderboard and I kind of screen cap it. And I kind of look from week to week to see, you know, who's progressing, who's not. If we kind of have to adjust some volume and intensity, kind of scale things back and what it looks like. But for the most part, the people that are following hammer, 
fucking actually hammering it. I mean, they are crushing it. Like I say on Saturdays, we slay every day, especially on Saturdays. Sweet. And uh, but the, the other programs too. I mean, Field Strong, we do it. We do Jack Street. Uh, all the programs are always going to hit some form of rep maxes, just because mm-hmm. I'm always interested in what that is. And when I say rep max, that is the heaviest set of, uh, you know, five reps that you can lift on that movement. And I think that's a greater determining factor than some of the one RM stuff. So, I mean, it's just, it's just more interesting. I think it's more applicable to the training programs. Cool. Cool. All right. Anything else, Mr. McWilkin? No, I, I did. I was able to find it. So our oh, boy, goodness. Michael, I was stalling for you. I know. Thank you. I'm the worst Googler, but anyway, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> you're Googly. Googly. Uh, this is from Michael M and he's qualifies himself as a full-time rancher. And I'm waiting for this right starting point. Here we go. Um, I believe bedrock saved my life. Long story short, I got smashed by an 1800 pound angry mama cow last April. And I believe the only reason she didn't absolutely just kill me then and there was the glorious grace of God and bedrock. She had me down and was mauling the piss out of me while stomping on my back and my legs. I was able to get away without any broken bones and nothing torn but my jeans and my boots. She hit me several times, twice into the wall of the barn. I was sore. I was, I was a sore unit for quite a while, but I was not broken. The base level of strength and resilience my CNS had been gaining were, I believe, pivotal to my survival. And that's not only the, not only the wreck I've had either. Uh, I'm not sure that one, but, uh, yeah, he's essentially grateful. Thank you, Michael. And then you dropped this story on us at the, the symposium. So now we got it here in text and he finishes with, Iron sharpens iron so that one man may sharpen another. Yeah, iron sharpens iron just like one man sharpens another. Well, great. Thanks, Power at the Nation, for another episode of the Premier Podcast in Strength Condition. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!